Hello and welcome into the Not All There podcast. I am your host, Chad, and this is part two of my conversation with my dear friend, Rich. Uh, we kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of what the end of our drinking looked like, what it felt like. Um, it was not, it was not fun. It was painful. It was pretty ugly. And it feels good to talk about it, honestly. Um, and I think that getting it out there and and making it available for people to listen to, it will help them too. Um, if I had heard uh, something similar to this while I was at the end of my drinking, it certainly would have it would have eased the pain. You know, I I felt very alone. Um, I was full of so much shame and disappointment and anger. And I just, I didn't like myself. I looked in the mirror each day and I didn't like what was staring back at me. And, you know, no one, no one wants to be there. Um, so how about we all work together, get this word out there, you know, share this with people that you love, who you think, uh, might benefit from it, or maybe, you know, somebody or they, know somebody who might benefit from it. Let's get it out there. I'm going to keep this thing up. And as I do more of these, I'll become a little bit better at guiding these conversations. But for now, what the hell? Let's have some fun with it, okay? And uh, here we go. Here is part two of my conversation with Rich, aptly named Cocaine and Lies. Enjoy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Um so do you do you remember your last day drinking? Uh I remember um waking up. Okay. Uh and you were married. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, right. Tracy and I have been married. Kid was on the way. We were mar- you know, so Tracy is four months pregnant. We got married in February of that year. This is in October of of 2010 and uh and yeah i remember waking up i remember i remember the 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 end of the drinking i hadn't blacked out i was in like a manic state oh. I was starting to kill myself and oh i you know which had happened numerous times before <clears throat> so like what drinking to death or just like giving up everything yeah not drinking to death like something more immediate oh yeah uh, yeah sure and, and yeah so so anyway, my Tracy was very worried. She called my parents and they, um, came to my dad came to the city to get me and, and Tracy, I think one of my best friends might've been there too. Cause Tracy called him cause I was so off the rails. Um, and I remember like kind of passing out like, um, on the car ride and then like passing out on the couch in my parents' living room. And then I remember waking up. And my mom was on the couch with me and, um, she was super worried. Mm. Um, cause it, it wasn't just that it was the drinking for sure, but it was also, she was concerned about my bipolar disorder and like my mm. volatility. And, um, so she was really worried and she, I don't remember exactly what she said. She's like, honey, um, you know, you need, you can't, you can't drink. And I remember looking at her and saying, I think I might be an alcoholic. And that was oh, the first time yeah. I ever, it probably cost my mind before, but that was the first time I ever uttered it. Yeah. yeah. And when I heard myself say it, I was like, oh no, because yeah. I knew enough to know 
like once you say that, no one's gonna be cool with you drinking around him again. Yeah, right. Like uh, <laughs> so it felt the gig like, is up, man. Yeah, so it felt kind of like burning a bridge. But I mean, it was very, yeah. um, you know, it was like burned in my memory. It was very important. Yeah. Um, Did you feel relief? No, maybe a little bit, but yeah. I was also I immediately went to like, where is this going? Yeah, because um, I knew. Well, you were like also manic too, right? Yeah, and I, I mean. <clears throat> I was less manic after I got super annihilated and then woke up, you know, like yeah. at that point I was just like totally spent. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but I was very depressed. And, uh, I remember I was at the state attorney's office at the time. I was on this really crazy assignment called felony review, which is like, you're going out to crime seasons interviewing suspects and, and, uh, witnesses and the hours are six to six and you'll have three days on three days off. And then for a month you'll be on days. And then for another month you'll be on nights. And I knew that like, I would, they were, they like, quote unquote, they were going to try and put me in like some kind of fucking like padded program, room or something. Right? Yeah. Right. 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 And like, I can't leave work, you know, like, cause, cause back then the state attorney's office wasn't like super enlightened about, you know, tr- treatment and stuff like that. Sure. It was basically like, you know, you, sh- you suit up and show up. And so, um, but they ended up, uh, you know, I ended up going through a lawyer's assistance program. Um, and then I got placed into this outpatient rehab program uh, in Chicago where I could go on my off days. So, so for, for three days or three nights, I wouldn't be there, but then I'd be there on the other three. And so I was there for like six and a half weeks instead of you know, yeah. 20 days or whatever. Um, and I just did it to get them off my back. Like mm. I didn't. I, I realized that like I had made them feel miserable. Um, they be my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt like I owed it to them to do what they thought was necessary. Right. It wasn't about you. It was just like, fuck, yeah, fine. Get yeah, off my ass. Yeah. And, tr- and to try and make them feel better. You know? Yeah. Like, but I was like, this shit isn't for me. You know, right. and I remember like going through, you know, they were like really leaning on people to go to AA. And I was like, I remember I went to one meeting down there at the Queso uh, club and, um, you know, I was like, the people are super nice. Um, but like, I never want to come back here again. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I was like, you know, looking at the 12 steps on the, on the wall and you're mm-hmm. like, man, there's a lot of God. Talking yeah. There's a lot. Yes. Lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all that. And so, you know, like I didn't, that was it. And I finished the rehab program, continued to work in, um, and I was a high achiever throughout all, all of my career. Um, but, um, for the next year and a half, I did nothing with my Just white with, knuckle. Yeah. And, and it was like, I almost feel bad saying like I have 13 years cause it's like 13 right. years since my last drink. But like there was a year and a half where it was grim and, um, and it basically like, I looked around the world and I was like, man, this is like all salad, no steak. And mm. like before it was like, at least drinking was like a little piece for me, Yeah. but like, this is nothing for me. So if like, yeah. and if things are just going to get progressively worse, then like why stick around? So I was in like a dark place and, uh, a friend called and asked me, um, so he was having a lot of problems and, uh, and you know, he was drinking too much or whatever. And he knew that I dealt with it and, um, he was wondering what he should do. And for whatever reason I was like, I don't need it. But some people um, think AA is really helpful, and um, I'm happy to go with you to a meeting if, like, if if you if you want. And he's like, that would be great. And then he's like, so, um, like, where should I go? 
um, he's like, I went to one meeting like a, a couple weeks ago, but it was really weird. And I was like, well, where was it? And he was like, it was a, it was in Rogers park and it was for, Oh, was it the one down at the, the field house? Maybe, but it was, it was, um, it was an LGBTQ meeting. Oh, that was I don't, also, yeah, yeah. also Hasidic. So he's like, it was just hard. He's having a hard time for some reason identifying, you know, being like a North shore. Like, so, um, so anyway, so we go to this meeting, um, you know, uh, in a basement, uh, and, and we, and I looked around, I'm like, man, this, this is cool. But for a year, you know, I just was going for Ross, my friend. And, yeah. uh, and then he left, he moved to California oh. and I kept showing up Yeah, just because like, I realized like, I like these people. Yeah. Like, like they're cool. They are cool. They're funny and very welcoming. Like that's the, yes, I too, I didn't. Uh, it wasn't a year and a half, but I did, I white knuckled it for like nine months, but then I relapsed and Nancy had like some, I don't know, like she had some dental work done and there was a, just a big fat bottle of Vicodin, like in the medicine cabinet. It stared back at me like every day. Yeah. And finally I devised a plan and of course it failed miserably and she put me on the spot and I was like, I don't know, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, pretty, pretty par for the course. Um, but then, yeah, I, uh, I talked to, um, a friend of hers, actually, uh, she ran into at the Y anyway, I talked to her and, and she took me to a meeting and I, I found out that it was, uh, it's, it's, it's about the, it's about the people more than it is like the, the God aspect of it. Like, you know, there's different ways to get, to get sober, but I think the, uh, the, the, the through line with it all is, is the group aspect of it, you know, the fellowship part of it. And, um, that I think is, it's, it's great, but it's also like hard for people too, because it's really difficult to, um, to open up to somebody, you know, for sure. Uh, yeah. To, uh, to, to go in, in front of a group of strangers. Um, I mean, actually, I guess that's never really been a problem for me, but I think it's a problem for a lot of people. Um, so, uh, <laughs> my last day of drinking was, uh, was a classic. Um, I, when we moved out here from Oregon in, in, in 2012, it was the summer of 2012. And, uh, I had been on a, on a, a good run for a good many years. And, and, uh, it was it was not going well. Um, and I, forget, well, I don't know what I did exactly. Um, I think it involved cocaine and lies, no hookers, but cocaine and lies. <laughs> then, you, then you're doing fine. <laughs> yeah, if I was, have, I was doing good. I if was you doing left good. the hookers out, you're yeah, fine. I'm fine, man. It was just blow and, and March madness, I think. But, um, so now, you know, I was like, I got, I got to take a break. Nancy was really mad at me, which she had every right to be. Cause I'm just lying and lying and lying. And so I took this, this hiatus for like, I don't know, six months, something like that. And, uh, we moved out here during that, that time. And, uh, there, you know, there's a discussion. I was like, okay, well, you know, your birthday's coming up and, you know, you maybe, maybe give it a go back on your birthday. And, uh, so that, that night on my birthday, I had, you know, I don't know, a couple beers, but man, within a week it was fucking on and it, it, uh, it got real bad real fast. And my last day, I, uh, <laughs> was, I was in a, um, I was in a, in a, in a closet in a building that had like a, a slop sink in it. 
and I was just in there like just pounding brandy, just like brandy. That's where I was at. Like, that's low. Yeah, it was. It was the cheap brandy too. I fucking E and J or something like that. The, no snifter for you. No, no, no. Just like pull huge fucking horn right off the bottle. Anyway, um, got home and you know uh, hanging out in the living room with the family, and and Graham is just like. I don't even think he's six months old yet. And, uh, I had this, this like yellow, uh, like bike courier's backpack that I used to carry around everywhere. And, uh, that's where I used to stash my booze and, and it was in the other room somewhere and, and miles is off wandering around and he, he came back into the living room <laughs> like daddy, daddy, daddy. And he's holding this like half empty, you know, sweaty bottle of white wine. And, uh, Nancy's like, what's that? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Ah, ah, ah. And then the tailspin, you know, and then, then the white knuckling. And then, yeah, it, um, it, it's, I, the, the, the turmoil part of it was what really got me. I don't, maybe you, I don't know, because of, of the bipolar, did you experience that aspect of it? Or was it just like such a, a mania? Because, you know, I, a lot of people that we talk to, um, in, in our groups, like talk about how at, at, at the end, like it was, it was really more painful than anything just because of the, the torment and the, and the turmoil and the, and the guilt and shame and, and all of that that came along with it. And that the only thing that would make that go away or, or ease it was, was booze. And, um, was it that way for you? I think, you know, partly, I think the, um, it was like exploding buildings, you ah, know, but it yes. was, but it wasn't like I was sitting Fight inside the burning yeah. building being like, I hope I get out of here. Like, that's not how it was. It was just like, it was just totally crazy. The worst turmoil for me was after I stopped drinking and before I started like working a program mm. because, um, at that point I had nothing like it, there was just, I had all the same anxieties and fears and, uh, in mental health issues, but I had, no, I had no, none of the, the best coping me- mechanism I had ever found to deal with it. And so <clears throat> it was just terrible. I really felt lost. And throughout that period of time, um, even, you know, when I started going to meetings initially with my, my good friend, I would, I would still, I was still very hung up on the God stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And, um, it was in only later did it occur to me that it was a little, a rich for me to be that focused on ontology and philosophy and deciding whether or not I could believe in something like I never spent uh, 1% of that amount of time des- uh, deciding whether or not I should have a drink, you know, never. It was just like, yeah, of course. Um, I was, I'm willing, Make it a double. I'm willing to accept all manner of bullshit, yeah, you know? Yeah. So like, um, to, so just to get to that point, it's just be like, um, was, amazing to me and like i don't know like you were talking earlier about like miracles and whether they exist or don't exist i really think like this it's kind of like god also is a very definitional thing like yes what what do you like words are not going to characterize if god exists words are not going to be able to to adequately communicate to me like exactly what that is or or and since that will never happen it is pointless for me to get all bent out of shape that it hasn't happened yet uh and um, I, I think like this is the same thing with miracles. Like if you would have told me in 2010, when I was at the end of my run that my, I would have told you about some grand plans for like how my life would shake up. Yeah. None of the stuff that has happened in my life that I'm most grateful for 
did I even conceive of right. back then? Right. And much of that would not be possible. Like Tommy would be my, my only child with Tracy. I wouldn't have the other two cause she wouldn't have stayed. With no, me. no. Um, my work, who knows what else, but I mean like, you could always uh, go back to bartending. Yes. Always. They'll always take you back. Um, and so, you know, like those things, when I look back retrospectively, though, those, um, those are, I think, as far as my definition of miracle is concerned, is a miracle. Like me um, coming on with you, you know, yeah. and like talking about like anxiety and depression uh, and uh, pissing my pants <laughs> in like a in like a quasi public setting. That is a miracle because like, t you know, 12, yeah. 13, 14 yeah. years ago, that's not something I would have been willing to do. I would have been still intent and bent on my whole aim which at that point in time was making you believe that I was the person you wanted your children to grow up to be. That was like, I was dead set on it. And I thought that was like totally achievable and worth doing. Um, and now like when I still get pecked out of shape, it's because I'm trying to do that again. Yeah. Like, so like yes. this week when I was talking about well, reputation and like all that stuff, that is shit I cannot control. And yet if I do, do not address that core truth, it will burn me. Like yeah. I will spend entire days, weeks spinning on like some fucking bullshit or like resenting some person who has crossed me. And it's like, whatever, man, like it's a lot easier to be like, I'm just going to try and do the next right thing. And that person who crossed me, they're doing the best they can with whatever they have. Right. You know, and like, God, give them some grace because you Seriously. too are a fuck up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, you know, like I mentioned, you know, the story about me, like getting in a screaming match in the middle of the street with this dude, because he, you know, he did, he made a, he made a pretty egregious, you know, error in driving and almost took me and my dog out. But, you know, fuck the guy was probably late for work. You know, he probably got up late, you know, trying to squeeze every last minute he could out of it. And, and it was like, I got to get around this car. And then, you know, there's just some white haired white guy, like giving him the bird and tell him to fuck off, you know, because what, I, I mean, what, what was so special about me in that moment? It was like, did I die? No. Did you scare the shit out of me? Yeah, sure he did. But you know what? I'm alive. And I, I, I chewed on that one for a while. And, um, later that day, I just kind of, I, I, I guess I did get quiet that day, um, in a good way. And I was like, shit, man, I gotta like apologize to that guy. Cause you know, I mean, I was way, way out of line for the way I handled it. Um, I mean that that's the, the difficult part I think of being just being a human and maybe even our, uh, and our society is that we have to present ourselves as having our shit together when, when no one does, no one fucking does. And, um, like you said, giving, giving that person that, that, that you f feel slighted you just the slightest bit of, bit of grace, because you know, you, you don't know what's going on in their life. You have no clue. And, um, I guess you can't go around or doing it anymore, but you know, sort of like, well, you know, I yelled at you. I'm sorry. Let's hug it, hug it out and, you know, move along. Um, like I'm not confrontational and like I avoid conflict. And so when things like that come up i don't usually have a reaction like this work situation with this this person who um it's know, did, fucking did, asshole did, yeah did you did what she did so but so i just in my mind it becomes a giant case and like i'm going to yeah prosecute this person in yeah. my mind and then yeah. like we'll see what the jury does who knows 
Um, but like it goes, they're gonna on. fucking love yeah, me. But like when you were talking about that guy that was crossing the street, like there is like zero doubt in my mind that you thought about that much more than he did oh, after. Absolutely. You know? And so that's kind of like the the an example of like the kind of the prison that we have for ourselves. Of like, and it's not like um, that prison. You get the keys to it when you get sober, and then you're no, free. No. no. That's like, I think when people are talking about daily sobriety, they're talking about like, yeah, don't drink today, but also you have the opportunity to not live like that anymore. I don't have to be in, uh, a prisoner of other people or other people's yes. um, preconceptions. And I also don't have to have this inflated view of myself that like, you should wish to be me or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, oh, like absolutely. Lack of humility. Yeah. Um, and I always like, we grew up and it was like, you know, I grew up in a Catholic school and all that. <clears throat> it was preached to us to be humble. You know, like be humble and what i always took that to me was like make sure you appear humble and it's different yeah <laughs> there's a the appearance thing. of being humble is is entirely different yeah. from and the I did actual that. act and i of did being that at, and i did that at work forever yeah. i did it in friend groups and yeah. so people and you get you do you people do like hey that guy's really humble he's really but i'm not like i'm that's not what i am you have to like i have to strive for humility like really fundamentally understanding believing that i am not the center of the universe and and that for what even though it sounds so stupid that is not easy for me even when i'm even though i have not had a drink in 13 years it's very difficult you know? <laughs> that's why i love you <laughs> <laughs> you're my kind of prick <laughs> little self-absorbed are we all <laughs> oh man well dude this has been a ton of fun i'm i'm really happy we got to do this um it means a lot that you you came to help me out with this um yeah, I was very flattered that you asked. Um, you were the only one that, that came to my mind. It was like, I, I'm, I'm going to do this and and uh, Rich is going to be the guy that's going to help me get it started. Yeah, I mean, we've known each other for a long time and, um, and uh, you know, you know, I love you, but uh, I love you too. But I think like, um, you know, I know that I'm your first first guest. And so I know this is going to be your worst show. So <laughs> you're welcome for providing the floor. <laughs> Such a dick. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Take it easy. All right. We made it. Whew. Boy, that was a lot of fun. A lot of work. And I hope. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun doing it and I'm looking forward to doing more of these. And, uh, up next week, uh, I'm sitting down and having a great conversation with my friend Eric. So I hope you come back. Uh, Eric is a, a wonderful person and he's got a lot of wisdom, a lot of great things to say. Um, I think you're going to enjoy this one. All right. Take care of yourselves. Be kind and loving to everybody and we'll see you next week.